We play and call it work. Mini Wargamer Dave here from MiniWargaming.com. Welcome, Wargamers, to the Shrine of Chaos. Today, we're coming to you live from YouTube. We're typically on Twitch, but today we're going to try something a little different. Uh, just because, why not? It's good to experiment sometimes. Today, we have a very special guest, Dave Taylor from Dave Taylor Miniatures. You may have seen his uh, book that he wrote. Um, it is Armies, Legions, and Hordes. And uh, it is a pretty epic book. I've taken a look at it myself, and we are going to be doing some giveaways today. Uh, it's very kind of Dave to be doing this. And we'll be asking him questions. We'll be interacting with him. And uh, we're going to pick his brain a little bit because he knows a lot about uh, the hobby. He may have been in the hobby for... Uh, I don't know how long exactly. I'm going to guess it's uh, a number of decades. Uh, don't know the exact number, but it's a good amount of time. And uh, without further ado, let's wait no longer. Let's have Dave join the stream. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good, mate. How are you doing? Excellent. Uh, I hear you. Does everyone hear you? Can everybody hear me? I think they can. <laughs> I yes. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Uh, make your painting a habit. What does your shirt say? I didn't even notice your shirt before. Not um, a chore. Not a chore. Ah, I like it. You know what? Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I Beforehand, I was talking to you. I was telling you I had a bunch of stuff I wanted to ask you. I'm going to be selfish in this and be the first to ask you a few questions. And then we're going to open it up to some of the viewers. So first and foremost, uh, I to me, in my mind, I, I think of when I when you paint, lots of minis i think of you that's just uh you've done a good job branding yourself there and so <laughs> is that uh is that fair though is that a good thing for you to be associated with uh, when you're painting hordes painting a lot of stuff that paintings painting armies legions and hordes yes um i think uh i think that's pretty reasonable i i like to paint so uh that's usually the result lots of minis how does one make painting a habit and not a chore um i think uh the it's a it's a this is a line that i put in in my book um it's one of the things that i advise people about all the time really is you can um if you're sitting down uh, if, you're, if you're sitting there thinking okay i've got an army that i want to paint i want to paint up necrons or i want to paint up uh blood angels whatever it happens to be uh and they've and I've got to get them done by a tournament that I want to go to. I want to go to Adepticon 2021, so I want to paint up this army. If you don't have a regular painting schedule or a regular sort of habit of painting, it's going to be tough for you to find that time to work in around all the other things that you do in your life. So, um, that's true. I always, to, to, uh, yeah, and, and a lot of people um, sort of get to the point where they think, uh, oh, I've got to, I've got to, crowbar in some time to do this i've got to make it i've got to make some time to put these guys together i've got to make some time to get my airbrush out and make sure it runs smoothly and gets the the base color down whatever it might happen to be and people th start to think of it as a chore and no, none of us like to do chores right we'd I'm, much rather relax and do fun stuff that's right chore itself is a word that associates with something that you don't want to do yeah yeah, yeah. So, um setting yourself a, a time when you can do something. So let's say in the evening, I mean, I've got kids, you've got kids. Um, I usually know that by 7.30 we've finished dinner, they've settled in to watch some videos on YouTube or something like that. Um, we're gonna start the, 
putting them to bed process about 8 30. Yep. so i can come and sit down at my desk and for an hour from 7 30 till 8 30 i can get some painting done yeah doesn't matter what i'm painting but i know that between 7 30 and 8 30 i'm going to be sitting at my desk putting something together finishing off a model just doing painting. something just progressing just somehow yep yeah uh if, if you can squeeze in like five minutes in the morning between when you finish getting ready to go to work and you go to work um there's that's five minutes you can paint the boots on 10 imperial guardsmen right right in that five minutes yeah that's true it's very simple and, and fast it's not daunting yeah. it's bite size uh, little little bite-sized things along the way if you make it at that habit then you'll find that rather than sitting on the couch going oh i have to go and paint you'll be sitting on the couch going something's wrong i, I should be doing I should be doing something else. You're <laughs> painting. So, yeah, that's um, kind of the angle I come at it from. That's cool. That that actually reminds me of a couple things. Uh, the, the, the whole concept of like little by little, line upon line. Uh, like, like my son, he's in uh, soccer, right? He plays soccer. Okay. And that his coach has made a bunch of videos, the video series where he can practice every day and they're five-minute drills, right? Yeah. And he, he's been doing it for... Uh, two years now, the, the soccer, right? And so his progression over that time has been uh, very big and, and he's also growing and he's getting, uh, you know, physically bigger. But like at first when he would get the ball, he'd kick it and that's all he was able to do, right? Uh, and right. Now, now he can dribble the ball, he can do he can do moves with it, he can evade, he can do a whole bunch of things. And yep. it's just a gradual one video a day for five minutes over the course of time. And then you just build these muscle memory skills and habits that yeah. just make you better right and, and i'm sure that with the the habit as well goes the the, the skill level it's got to yeah exactly you, you build your skill level um you build the, the like muscle memory is a great one um particularly when you're talking about painting an army knowing where your brush strokes need to go means you don't have to think about it right. when you're doing it so it's really quick you can have music on in the background you can be listening to a podcast you can listen to the shrine of chaos just in there painting away and um, yeah, it's uh, it's all about that. If you build that habit into it, you can get you can achieve all sorts of things. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very true. So okay, so I want to I want to dive into uh, your your history a little bit, just so people can uh, get to know you. For those who don't know you, uh, and those who do know of you, they can learn more about you. What what got you in the hobby? How long have you been in the hobby, and what got you in the hobby? Um, painting miniatures for tabletop war games uh, i started that in 1991 uh, i was in college it was my first year of college um i was walking down the like the main street of my hometown uh newcastle in australia and popped into a hobby store and saw all these really cool models they had um a whole bunch of uh minis from the rtb01 box set the original beaky space marines um, in a in a cabinet, and I was like, oh wow, those look really cool. What are they? And the guy sort of told me they were Space Marines, and I was like, okay, that means nothing to me, uh, but they look great. And then uh, we walked on to another store. We walked into a, into a game store, and they had some really cool chess sets there. And I was like, wow, these these look great, but I can't afford any of these. And then a little bit later, I would put the two two together, and I was like, I can buy a, like a box set of those plastic guys. There was like 30 in the box set, plus a, a couple of other little models, and, and I can put together a chess set, uh -huh. 16 guys aside. Right. And so that's what I did. I um, painted up 
um, a chess set of Space Marines. Like I think it was red versus blue. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then I painted up another one because I enjoyed the doing it the, sort of the first time around. And then uh, the guy at the store said, you, "You know, you've got enough models to to make an army." Yeah. I was like, "What, what are you talking about?" And he handed me like Rogue Trader. Okay. The first forty k book, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." Sure. <laughs> this sounds great. Where, where can I play with this? And he goes, well, we, we usually play at my place on Sunday afternoons. Come around. Yeah. So uh, that's that's sort of where it went. Uh, went from there. And so that was 91. Uh, 94. 1994, Games Workshop opened up a store in my in my hometown. Yeah. And I used to spend a lot of time there after when I finished at college before I went to my like uh, part-time job at a restaurant. I'd hang out at the store. And I'd teach people how to paint. I'd run them through intro games. I'd do all sorts of stuff like that. And eventually the guys in the store said, hey, would you like a job? Cool. And I said, would I? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I, I did, was basically, basically working there part-time for six months. And then at the end of my uh, – once I finished my college degree, I accepted a full-time job working in the stores. Uh, so I worked for Games Workshop – in Australia for in the stores for two years about two years and then uh, moved into the studio and so I was working on white dwarf I was working on promotional material flyers so hold on what, that, what does that mean uh, moved into the studio uh, yeah so it was basically the uh, the studio was the um, promotion studio in um, in Australia and the Australian games workshop business okay uh, uh, I say studio because it has a nice title, but it was me in, an, in, an, in a small room with a computer and a phone. And from there, I just uh, did all sorts of stuff, made flyers for the stores. I made uh, promotional mailings for the mail order business, um, put together ads that went into White Dwarf, the Australian edition of White Dwarf, that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, and I worked on, on that and was uh, involved in bringing Games Day to Australia, Grand Tournaments, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, eventually, we started printing our own White Dwarf in Australia. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, around about, two, when was it, two, late 2001, I was invited to, uh, by the Games Workshop US business, to move to the US uh, for a few years and work in their promotion studio. Okay. Uh, so I thought... That sounds like a pretty cool adventure. Move to the other side of the planet and work with toy soldiers. <laughs> how was so, that? What was that? Have you have you been had you been to the states before this, or was it just uh, first time? Like, um, no, I, I had been a couple of times. Uh, actually, when I before we started uh, publishing the Australian version of White Dwarf, I'd actually come over and spent a couple of weeks with the U.S. business, learning how they did their White Dwarf. Okay, so go back and have it better understanding of how to do it all um, back in Australia but uh, yeah moving yeah moving to the other side of the planet was pretty crazy and on the surface of things things look identical okay pretty much in Australia living in Sydney and living in in Baltimore were pretty similar yeah uh, but there are just lots of little differences I'm sure like you probably know it when you just when you cross the border into the US from Canada just little differences yeah way. yeah for sure no you're 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 spot on there uh, it, so, uh, yeah. that's cool. So that's all right. I, I knew that you had something to do with Games Workshop, but wasn't sure exactly. So that's that's really neat. Yeah. So there's a 
uh, you're you're like the grandfather of uh, GW in Australia. <laughs> not, um, not to aid you, but like because uh, yeah, like sure. yeah, you help build yeah. it up over there. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And so, so so what do you okay right now? So what do you do right now? Right now, okay. Well, um, I'll just do a, I'll do a quick spin through for the rest of it. So I worked in the US uh, at the US office for um, seven years. Yep, uh, about seven years. Uh, worked in games days, grand tournaments, uh, all sorts of promotions, um, White Dwarf, uh, Warhammer Skirmish, uh, General's Compendium, all that sort of stuff. Uh, left in at the end of 2008, 2009, started working on uh, War Games Illustrated, which is uh, the sort of the largest historical wargaming magazine okay. in the world. I worked on that for five years. Uh, and then I left that to start my own business, which is Dave Taylor Miniatures. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, I know that the, the name might sound like I make miniatures and sell them, uh, but I don't. I'll be honest. Uh, that's what I thought when I saw the name. I'm like, okay, th- does he have a line of miniatures? And I was looking for stuff. And, and so, yeah. so, okay, what is it then? What's Dave Taylor Miniatures? Dave Taylor Miniatures, um, when, I, when I started my own business, I, I knew that there are a lot of people who made great miniatures a lot of companies made great miniatures um but a lot of them didn't have they were very small companies one person two people that kind of thing uh and they didn't have some of the skills that i had so they didn't have they might not have had graphic design skills or editing skills or writing or photography or uh, event coordination or community management all those things that i'd learned over my previous 20 19 years in the in the uh, sort of business so uh I wanted to start a business that helped them. Okay. So any company, I work with any miniatures company uh, and help them fill gaps in their skill sets or gaps in their, help them fulfill a need or fill a need at any particular time. They might have a project that they're working on that they need me on for six months or they might be laying out a rule book that'll sort of go out in a month's time, that kind of thing. Okay. So, um, a pretty broad range of stuff. Um, so it's very it has been over the last six months, six years, sorry, over the last six years has been very sort of piecemeal. Right. There hasn't been a day that has been exactly like a previous day. Yep. Everything, everything's always changing and flowing as I get new jobs in, finish jobs off, that kind of thing. Okay, so here's here's an example. Let's say uh, I have this idea for a, a game, a war game. It's a yep. it's skirmish level. It's not overly big. It's just kind of something small and bite sized. But it's a cool idea that I have, and there's a number of different characters and i had illustrations for them at this point and i had like backstories for the characters and stuff and an overall story so i'm at that stage of where i have where i'm at with this whole idea i don't have miniatures made yet i don't know how to make them at this point is that a good time to uh or would for you to insert yourself and your skills could you help a person like that at that stage yeah, definitely, definitely. That uh, that would be a conversation where we'd say, okay, we'd try and map everything out, broad strokes to start with. Um, over the years, I've met a lot of sculptors, um, a lot of miniature painters, a lot of people who can help along that way. Right. So um, I know a bunch of people who cast miniatures for a living, uh, either in resin or metal. Uh, I can put you in touch with people who do plastic production. Um, all sorts of stuff. So yeah, but th- that's definitely where we'd have sort of have a good start to be able to map everything out and work out what the what the path to market would be. Okay. So, yeah. uh, 
it, let's say that it was a different scenario where um, there's a there's a large idea for a war game, and there was uh, let's say multiple armies with uh, multiple characters, multiple backstories, uh, a, a good amount of capital as well to invest in it. Yeah. Uh, do you do you fit in there as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, for that one, same sort of thing. Um, it's working out where you want to be eventually, who you want to be selling to, how you want to sell to them, right? Uh, and how we work it through, work out what the timeline is, broad strokes, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, it scales up. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I just simply have an idea. Hey, Dave, right. I, I want to consult with you. I have this idea. Uh, where should I go from here? That that's appropriate as well. If someone were to be at that stage. Yep, I can do that sort of thing. Okay, so it actually uh, sounds like it's everywhere in between. Whether it's just like idea stage, they have a little bit already stage, and they're, they're bigger stage or whatever in between. So anywhere is it would be good for someone to contact you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, as, as long as it's got to do with miniatures, because that's my passion. Yeah, that's that's the thing that that I know, and I know the miniatures uh, community. That's um, that's where I can be best best service. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna grab some comments here from the uh, the chat. Sure thing. All right, so uh, okay. Uh, you guys can see the stream here, so I just want to get the. Pop out chat. Here we go. That's what I wanted. Okay. So let's just go back a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So Josh Armstrong, just an arbitrary question. Uh, my biggest problem at the moment is putting too much flesh shade on my guardsmen so they look like they are absolutely baked in the sun. Uh, any comments on that? Right. Um I would, uh, I always suggest when, if you're painting, a, so if you put down a base color, then you put a, a flesh wash over it or something like that, always come back and highlight. So start with a mix of that, whatever you shaded it with and your base color, um, put that in as a highlight and then either a final highlight with your, uh, your base color or then take it another step further, take it a little bit lighter. Um, so many people, uh, will go through and paint their army. They might uh, dip it. They might do the, the old dip and flick method, or they might put a, a wash over everything and call it done. You can do that, but I think coming back and just picking out those little extra details will really pop the um, your models. So something like the face, cheeks, nose, eyebrows. Cool. Uh, all right, so grabbing another question here. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed that regicide chess game that came up. It says House War Crown. Does that make sense to you? Hmm. If not, that might be uh, something having to do with the discussion we're having in the chat. Otherwise, uh... <laughs> okay. All right. Matthew James says I had a really easy time of painting. I just handed it over to my wife, and she did a beautiful job. So easy. Fantastic. <laughs> Win. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Okay, so if you guys have any uh, direct questions for Dave, uh, just leave them here. Dave, what do you think of the Minotaurs? Uh, Minotaurs, the, uh, the bull-headed 
guys or Minotaur's the Space Marine chapter. Uh, I like both of them, uh, so we're pretty good there. Uh, I came, I think I came very close to having a commission paint job actually for um, a Minotaur army, and I was uh, working out some nice ways to do lots of brass. So I think they're they're very cool. I'm Batman17. I have Black Legion. I did an Adeptus Custodes, and I'm doing some Admex right now. Oh, excellent. Very cool. Cool. Particularly the, uh, the Admex. Are you cool. are you an Admex player as well? Uh, I am, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just as, okay, pausing the, the questions here for a second. Uh, some rapid-fire questions for you. Uh, yep. For, in 40K, uh, top three armies that you collect. Uh, it'd be uh, Imperial Guard or Ast- slash Astro Militarum, uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, and uh, Imperial Knights. Okay. And uh, top three armies that you hate the most? Ooh, I think the, the first answer has to be Tau, right? <laughs> uh, music to my ears. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it'd be Tau, um, Tyranids, and Eldar. Okay. Yeah, so Xenos. Yeah. They're definitely very... Uh, Xenos. Xenos. Yeah. Very definitely. Man after my own heart. I love it. Uh, okay, going back to the chat for a second here. Uh, Ryan Maiden says, Opinion on a large-scale professional cinematic 40K adaptation? Uh, I think it would be fantastic. I think we've got to get the... Uh, the, the biggest thing would be the story. Getting the right story. Um, and, and putting everything behind the right story. Yeah. So... Um, that's that's been the the thing. You've got to, something that the regular regular people can uh, can connect with. So, uh, um, this question may have been asked in the chat, but if not, I'll ask it myself. Have you seen the Astartes short films? And if so, what do you think of them? Uh, I think they're very cool. Uh, I think that um, I'm I'm not sure. I can't remember the name of the person putting them together, but the grasp of um, of storytelling, the uh, of sort of exposition without dialogue without dialogue yeah Yeah. it's fantastic absolutely i agree um, that's that's been the the incredible thing uh i mean this is coming from from somebody who knows what's happening that well can piece together very quickly what's happening so i haven't put it in front of somebody who doesn't know 40k right Uh, and that's i think that's what i mean by story that i have to be able to present that story really well um to somebody who didn't know about 40k for a a very huge cinematic release yeah. yeah, but uh, no, the Astarte stuff is fantastic. Yeah, I hope he makes more of it, man. I hope that he gets the support and he's able to do. Oh, uh, for sure. All right, uh, Chucky one three one four N says, Dave, who's your favorite Primarch? Uh, it's probably gonna have to be Russ. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I think um, he's. I, I identify. I identify. I identify a lot with uh, with Russ. Being I, a I can be ferocious. I can beast. be. Anger. I can be quick to anger for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's. I'm also a Space Wolves player, uh, so I uh, I can uh, appreciate that answer. So I. Uh, nice. Although I don't know if there's necessarily a wrong answer in that case, uh, well, but yeah. there's better answers, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. I have a um, I have a thirty k Death Guard army, so I probably should have said Mortarian, but uh, I think Russ is a little bit more like me. Yeah, 
I'm a bit more like Russ. I don't know. So on that for a moment, how do you, how are you tackling the uh, the white? Because uh, it's white, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so what's your white. approach? I wanted, I wanted to go. Uh, mine's a. Um, it's a, this might upset you, but it's a, a loyalist Death Guard army. Uh, so I don't have a lot of. Haven't gone for like the really dirty white. They eventually uh, come to the right side, so it's all good. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've got like the last. I got the, the like the last guys from the Eisenstein. That's who I've got. Um, I've used. Uh, I've actually started with a base of um, Bastion Gray from uh, the Privateer Press range, the P3 range, okay. uh, which is a lot like the old uh, Charidon Granite, um, which I'm a big fan of. That sort of greenish gray sort of level. So um, I airbrush a coat of that on, mix in some white, do some highlights. Uh, and then some final edge highlights in pure white. Um, so yeah, it's got that. Um, it's a dull white. Yeah. Uh, with a greenish tinge, just like a, a gray green tinge. Yeah. But it's not um, not a dirty white. Not a dirty white. More of a tingy yeah. white. Tingy white. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay. So uh, Jamila says, uh, Dave, what is better, Necrons? Tyranids or Admech for a beginner? Uh, for a beginner, I think um, I'm always going to say whichever one sort of takes your fancy. You always want to paint models that are um, that you'd like the look of and that you're excited about. Uh, if you're excited about all three, uh, the easiest ones to paint, I think, are typically going to be Necrons if you're going for a silver scheme, sort of the standard silver scheme. Um, Tyranids can also be very easy to paint with like a, a white prime and some contrast paints. Um, you can get a lot of stuff done very quickly. I find the Adeptus Mechanicus models, like the Skatari in particular, are, are very detailed. Uh, so they can take a lot to, to paint and, and sort of get done. But at the same time, you only need maybe 20 Skatari models and um, a whole bunch of uh, Castellans. Are they Castellans? Castellax. Castellans. Yeah. Robots. Yeah. Four of those robots, and you're pretty good. Good to go. Uh, okay, so Leo Xandar Magnus says, "Dave, do you play Warhammer Fantasy, and do you play Age of Sigmar?" Uh, I used to play a lot of Warhammer Fantasy. Um, I play. Um, I've got a lot of Empire armies. Um, kind of every. There was a point where, like, every year I'd paint up a new Empire army. Uh, but I haven't. I, I was a bit salty about the destruction of the old world, so um, I kind of didn't worry with Age of Sigmar for a while. Yeah. Uh, and last May, I played my first game uh, with Ogors, so before they got their new um, battle tome. Uh, and actually, just recently, I've been painting up a Slaves of Darkness army for um, for it. So I'm gonna sort of get stuck back into some uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar. Slaves, I love it. You're again. You're in good company. Uh, talking about the different things that you like painting up. <laughs> <laughs> the um, it was kind of it was kind of a funny thing. I um, initially when I saw Warcry, I was like, ah, I'm not not particularly. I don't think I'll get into this. Uh, and I looked at like the the way that the cards work that they deal out the cards at the start. Yeah. And I was like, ah, that seems a bit dumb. And then I played a game, and I was like, actually, this is really good. Yeah. I love I love the game system itself, and I love the um, the variety that you get with the 
um, the cards for each of your uh, your missions. So it was kind of like it, it took it took pressure off mm-hmm. because like I, I can't sit here and craft like finally hone an army only to turn up with something completely random. Right. Now something random is going to happen that's going to screw me. So I'd, I'll just go into it and have fun. I'll right. just put the models like in the in the warband, play the game, and if I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. <laughs> Yeah. So it was great to, um, great to do that. I really love Warcry for that. Uh, and then the gaming group that I play with, we decided that at the beginning of this year, we were going to play a uh, Saga Age of Magic campaign. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I need to... I want to start a new army for this. I don't want to be a slacker. Yeah. Um, I could just go and grab any of my Empire armies and make them work. But um, it's like, okay, well, I've got some Warcry stuff. I can use some of that. I might get some slaves to darkness, and I'll start to fill these out and fill out these, these points in Saga because the the point structure and the unit structure works very differently. Um, but I was like, okay, if I do all of these things, I'll have eight points of Saga, which is what I was looking for, and I'll also have about a thousand points of Warhammer Age of Sigma slaves to darkness, and three Warcry Warbands. This sounds great. <laughs> I can use these models through all of these games. Uh, and it just meant that it was there was a more incentive to to get them painted up. Yeah. So definitely a lot of fun. All right. So uh, okay. So what do you think about the competitive forty k scene? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't think I have a particularly good answer for that right now. Um, I haven't I haven't spent a lot of time in the competitive forty k scene for um, for a long time. Uh, I mentioned before that I used to run grand tournaments in Australia, and I helped out help running grand tournaments here in the U.S. Uh, I've played in a bunch of grand tournaments as well, um, so I've been in the competitive scene. But that was like twelve years ago, thirteen years ago. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think it's always going to be a thing. Yeah. Um, do I think that sometimes it gets too much attention? Maybe. But uh, I, I do I do appreciate the idea that if um, that for a competitive scene you've got to have a really tight rule set, and uh, to have a good competitive scene you've got to have a really tight rule set, uh, and for GW to produce a really tight 40k rule set that works perfectly for that would be great. Yeah. Because and anything anybody else wants to do, there are lots of things that you can just add on to that. If you want to move outside, move into narrative campaigns or to just uh, wild one-off games, uh, into apocalypse games and things like that, there's a lot of ways that you can then move around that. But I think if if everything was completely focused on the competitive scene, I wouldn't like it. Yeah. But I think that it, it has it certainly has its place, and that place is keeping keeping GW on to trying to tighten up the rule set as much as they can. As much as, yeah. So if you were to uh, split yourself into three different types of wargamer percentage-wise, being right. like hobbyist, including like yep. modeling, painting, whatever, uh, gamer, and yep. lore, so you're just into the lore, would it be an even split? A third? Would it be more so one way? How, what do you think you would rate yourself? I would probably lean um, to around 65% hobby, 65% like painting, building. Yeah. Uh, probably 
25% lore. And then whatever's left over would be um, gaming. Gaming. It's like 10%. 10% would be left over would be gaming. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I enjoy gaming. Gaming's the uh, the excuse to get the models painted. Um, it's the excuse to hang out with friends. Yeah. Uh, kind of thing. Um, I don't spend a lot of time between games thinking about gaming. Right. So whereas I spend a lot of time between games thinking about what I'm painting next or okay. what the project might be um, or reading a, a novel or that kind of thing. So if you had two options, your two options are to play two games. You could only play one of the two games. One game is competitive matchup. You have a competitive list. Your opponent does as well. The other yep. matchup is it's a narrative game. Um. For that, I'd probably play the competitive, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think uh, what I've always, not always done, but most of the time what I've done is I've come up with a list uh, that I want to play that I think is probably pretty competitive, and I've taken it to a tournament and found out whether it is or it isn't competitive. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, if I play with that army again, I generally use the same list because I'm not thinking of how I'm going to tweak the army in between. So, right. Uh, yeah, but there's, there's a point where like if you pick a list and play it, regardless of circumstance, you get to know how to play that list. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh, yeah. All right. So let's see. Uh, so Ryan, or sorry, Riley, Ryle. I'll say Ryle. Uh, Ryle 13. Uh, what would you say is your favorite specialty GW game? Necromunda, Blood Bowl, Mordheim, or say Gorkamorka? And why do you think you liked it? <laughs> why do I think it was Gorkamorka? Um, no, I think uh, Necromunda, I think. Uh, so from, for like first, if we're talking first release Necromunda, 95, definitely I played the hell out of Necromunda um, with an Orlock gang. And uh, just had a lot of fun. I think... Um, the way that it was approached it was it was just perfect for that campaign setting for building your uh guys up switching out the weapons um i love converting models so chopping off pistols to replace them with rifles and that sort of thing was an easy thing for me so i really enjoyed it Xander magnus says uh do you craft your own terrain for gaming uh sometimes i do um i've probably i think sitting in some tubs just over the other side of my basement here probably um it's probably enough terrain for about six or seven tables um worth of 40k terrain um but most of the time uh most of the gaming that i do is actually at a friend's house and he has a, a big collection of terrain so um, i don't there's no real need for me to do it but i do enjoy doing it for sure uh Jamila says, uh, do you play Middle Earth? And is it hard? Uh, <laughs> I haven't played it for a long time. Uh, it is not... Uh, it's not difficult to learn. Uh, I think it's probably the most tactical game that GW has ever released. Um, there are so many decisions. Almost all of the decisions that um, are important to victory are made during the game. Uh, whereas for like 40k and... Um, Certainly, Warhammer Fantasy. I'm not so sure about uh, Age of Sigmar at the moment, but because uh, I haven't played enough of it. But there's a lot of strategic decisions that you've got to make there. What, what's in your list and how you deploy? 
they are they are very important factors. Whereas for um, Lord of the Rings, it's um, you can mitigate a lot of that on the on the tabletop. So I think it's a definitely a great game, but I just haven't haven't played it for a while. My gaming group hasn't hasn't wanted to play it. I so. Lord of the Rings, like uh, specifically uh, when that came out, uh, was actually what got me into the hobby. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So a good uh, twelve years, thirteen. 12 or 13 years ago. That's when I was first introduced to it. And okay. it's cool. I just I gravitated to the Forces of Darkness. Uh, I just thought it was fun playing the goblins and the trolls. and uh, Got my butt whipped every time because I'm fighting against these heroes. Uh, sure. But I still thought it was fun. Uh, and it's funny because at that time, the idea of getting into 40K, because in my mind, I associated 40K with space nuns. And right. it was just like, oh, no, that's lame. I don't want to do that. And it's that's what I thought, right? Like I, there was no so, no other context other than that was my image of it. And yeah. then and then looking at White Dwarves, uh, majority of the my, uh, White Dwarves was uh, 40k coverage. Yeah. And then everyone was playing it, and they're like, "Oh, Dave, you got to do this. It's so much fun." And this was fourth edition, end of right third, in. beginning of fourth, or beginning of fourth, something like that. It was fourth edition either way that I remember. Uh, and so I just I started collecting Chaos because I was the only one that no one else was collecting in the studio. And I liked the look of them. I thought the, the aesthetic was amazing. It was super yeah. cool. With these spiky bits everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and, and the story is great. The um, the, the Chaos Origin story. The, the Chaos Origin. Absolutely. <laughs> that, there is that, too. Uh, I didn't learn about that until later. Uh, so, I mean, that was just like kind of... Uh, in, uh, reinforcing my decision, like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. There's a cool yeah. story attached to these guys. Uh, yeah, so a question from Emmethal says, Dave, do you have any tips for someone who is going to make swamp bases for a Death Watch army? Swamp bases, okay. Um, the toughest part with swamp bases is, um, uh, well, I, the, the toughest part with swamp bases is that swamps look best when they're, you got that large, a large flat area, which is swampy. Um, it can be tough to represent on a small base, um, like on a 32 more base or something like that. Um, what I tend to do is uh, also you got to work out is how much are you going to have ground with like ground above water, or is it going to be all just low lying water? Okay, um, it's like that. I if you want to do it fairly quickly, I'd be tempted to go for um, most of the bases being uh, just sand. Uh, like, like a regular sand or dirt kind of finish then with uh, with a gloss finish over the top of that uh, so that it all looks wet mm -hmm. and then little tufts like you might expect growing out of a swamp right um, and or some longer reeds something like that and then on your larger bases cut holes out of them and like build build some depth into them right so that you can have more um, areas of dark murky water um, on the larger bases uh, if you've got heavy um, equipment. So if you've got like dreadnoughts, dreadnoughts are going to be super heavy. So having them sunk down into them, so you uh, might want to slice a like a couple of millimeters off the off the feet, right? Or or build up some putty around them. Anything that makes it look like they're they're sinking into it. So think about weight of the of the item, what it would actually what it would be in real life, right? Um, and how um, how sturdy your ground is around it but i go with dark colors dark browns dark greens 
that kind of thing. And um, for those little tufts or the the reeds would be um, go for lighter color, like a, a bone. That's interesting. So it's like kind of like a marshy look too, then kind of a swamp yeah. marshy, like co combination of both, depending on the base size. Yeah, depending on the base size, um, you, you're going to do something. So I'd start with do something for a larger base and then work out how to replicate that across the smaller bases because cool. you want to have that that sort of that sort of thing going on yeah variety i like that that was cool i like the idea of the weight because that's something that isn't necessarily thought of right it's just oh, okay let's make them all the same and uh you know let, let's put this on them but when you when you consider the weight you intuitively know what it is when you look at it you're like oh that's cool it looks like it's heavy sinking into the the ground that they're on but uh, that, yeah. that's, that's a good tip i like that there's a lot of uh, a lot of times to see people will pose a um, a dreadnought so that it's like about to crush a marine, or like or they pose a chaos dreadnought like it's about to crush a marine or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's it, it'll be sitting on it like that because it's the easiest thing to do. But you really want to have it pushing that marine into the ground and having that sort of the dirt, the mud or dirt, or the ground sort of coming up around it. Yeah. So there's that weight. You get that weight, weighty feeling. You know, when you were describing that, I couldn't help but imagine a Marine, specifically a Chaos Marine, putting his foot on the chest of a Tau model, and the Tau model, like, sinking inside the, the swamp. <laughs> like, yep. just, like, the part of his face is, like, sticking out of the water. I don't know. I just I just pictured that, so. Exactly. It's that kind of thing. That sort of thing. Critical Fumble says, Dave, how often do you sacrifice to the gods? Answer carefully. Mmm. Uh, ooh, uh, three, maybe four times a week. <laughs> I think. Don't I, ask which ones. Don't <laughs> ask which ones. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Okay. Uh, Nibble Cookie says, uh, "What are your favorite editions of Fantasy and 40K?" Uh, good question. I don't know. Um, initially, uh, I, I'd probably say I'm, I'm really enjoying 8th edition 40k. Um, initially, uh, I had another one of those reactions where I talked about the Age of Sigmar or the Warcry. Oh, that sounds a bit lame. Um, when I heard about uh, power level for um, 40k 8th edition, I was like, oh, well, okay, so we can be super lazy now and not have to worry about points. Mm -hmm. And and I think every single army that I've put together for this edition of 40k has been power level. Oh, yeah? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally love it absolutely love it it is pretty uh, cool yeah i do admit i agree yeah um I, I i will also say that i've been lucky that i've had armies where um that haven't been like for example necrons where you can get 10 guys for five power level and they have no upgrades so they're always uh, always that at that, that actual power level kind of thing right <laughs> whereas obviously you can go okay well i'll, I'll get these like 10 or um, 20 uh, gene steel occultists and I can give them two mining lasers and it doesn't increase my power level that's nuts yes. that's nuts man like that's crazy when that <laughs> it, happens it is it's kind of, it's, it's it is crazy ridiculous but uh, I, I'm glad that they in included something like that a yeah. mechanic like um, so again it, it takes that um, takes the stress off it I think for me <laughs> I, I think also like as much as it's like, oh man, I can do that. 
everyone can do that, right? It's not, it's not like it's only the one army can do it or only a select few. So if everyone can do that to a certain degree, because yeah. some some units do increase power level when you add more stuff. Uh, and maybe it's just another way of selling models, which if it is, they are a model selling company. And Indeed. they Indeed. should create ways to sell more models, right? Like that's that's what they do. Exactly. Uh, okay, so here's a, here's a good question from uh, Toby. Dave, as a kit basher, how would you rate the impact of small resin model companies or even 3D printing towards the hobby? Uh, I think um, it's been pretty uh, pretty amazing. Um, I think it's been pretty, very important. Um, as, as GW's moved to sort of monopose uh, models, so models that there might still be four or five parts to put together that they'll they'll come together in a single pose, or uh, it might be something like the Adeptus um, Mechanicus Scatari, where you need to put um, A and B onto torso C uh, to do it all easily. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the the idea of cutting models up and converting them has has fallen away. Um, companies that make uh, third-party companies that make resin bits or uh, the idea of 3D printing makes changing the models up easier for people, which I think is always good. Um, if you want to take that one of those monopose uh, plastic models, you can still cut them up with a razor saw like we used to cut up metal models and convert them. It's the same same sort of thing. It's, it's just much easier to cut. So yeah. um, the answer is I like them. I like it. I think it's good. Um, I think it's healthy. I'm about to, um, well, I'm hopefully about to embark on a um, Chaos Knights project for 40k. And there's um, some guys designed kind of like a um, centaur body. Well, centaur, it's like legs and and the horse part of the centaur uh, for Imper the Imperial Knight models. Mm -hmm. You can then, rather than having them, having them on two legs, I can have it mounted on a centaur kind of thing. So it's very reminiscent of one of the old, 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 old um, metal models for uh, a Space Marine back in the day. Are you describing a uh, like a knight-sized centaur? Is that basically what that is? Yes. That, yeah. That'd be pretty cool. What kind of base would you put that on? Something custom? Uh, well, I think I'm actually going to uh, put it on still on the knight-sized base so that people are comfortable with me using that. Oh, model, I see. Okay. But I'm going to rearing up. I like to do that pose. Oh, I see. Okay. So I have it rearing up a bit. Um, so it'll be taller, but I don't see that as being a bad thing. Um, it's going to be more visible on the field, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, are you hearing? Uh, sounds, sorry about that. I, sounds like a flamer. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, so I, I'm down in my basement. Uh-huh. Uh, old row home in Baltimore, uh, and the boiler has just kicked in. Oh, <laughs> so it is a flamer. <laughs> it is essentially, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hopefully, it'll uh, shut off in a second. But uh, sorry about that. Hey, no, no worries, man. This is what we're doing. We're doing it from our homes, and this is, we are. <laughs> this is COVID nineteen, man. Like this is just what it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so sorry about. That. Yeah. You know what? Let's uh, let's jump into a giveaway if that's cool, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, um, so for this, what we're gonna do is, uh, 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 Dave, if you would, uh, pick uh, and a word that people need to use to type into the chat so they can be entered into uh, the giveaway. Uh, 
Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Okay. So they, if you're just joining us, we are doing one of the giveaways right now. Uh, type in the word sacrifice to be entered in the draw to win a copy, a digital copy of uh, Armies, Hordes, and Legion. No, Armies, Legions, and Hordes. Armies, Legions, and Hordes. Yeah. Um, that name came from a, uh, from a friend of mine uh, who's also my kind of my business consultant. Um, I have a tendency to be very uh, sort of what it says on the tin kind of guy. So I was originally going to call the book Painting Wargaming Collections. Uh huh. And he slapped me around the head and said, Dave, that is the most boring name to <laughs> come up with. <laughs> How about armies and legions and hordes? And I said, oh my. Yeah. No, it has a better, for sure, it has a better ring to it. It's yeah. So much. The, uh, I guess the, your original uh, idea for the title, it sounds kind of like the subtitle. Right, you would yeah. see that. That would make sense. Totally, uh, totally subtitle, a byline. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love that though. When they're coming up with like these names for products, essentially, right? Like, or, or yeah. he heck, even like titles of videos. Like, that's a good example that actually sure. fits within the same category. Like, well, what's the best thing to name this? We want it to stick out. We don't want it to be uh, clickbaity in the sense where it's not representing what it is. Yet we want people to see it. Uh, we want it to be concise and catchy. Yeah yet not boring and still describe what it is like there's this balance uh so exactly. yeah i think uh yeah you you guys have definitely got it tough when you've got uh so many videos to to put out because you start out thinking oh i'll just include a little pun it'll be fun it'll right be a, little, a little pun that's connected to what's in the video and then the the 50th time you've got to do that yeah it's just like oh this was a bad idea <laughs> all punned out yep Okay, so I'm gonna roll the winner. Uh, okay. So if your name is rolled, make sure to, since you're, actually since we're doing this on YouTube, it should be easy. So you just need to uh, respond uh, with your with your email, which is the same, YouTube and Gmail is the same thing. Uh, and email support at miniwargaming.com to claim your prize. Support at miniwargaming.com. Excellent. Okay. You could also do miniwargaming at gmail.com. It goes to the same place. That might be easier to remember. Miniwargaming at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, the winner is Chris Nesbit Or Nesbit. I'll say Nesbit. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. You are the first winner. Because uh, we'll, we're going to do a couple here for the copies. And just, just for fun here, let me, uh, let me pull it up uh, for, for those who want to kind of get a glance of what it is. Well, uh, so let's see, where did... Okay. So here, if you guys can see this, let me know if you can see that. Here, I'll... Uh, whoop. Okay, so this is uh, what it looks like. I'll just uh, zoom out a bit so you can see it. So this is the digital copy, which is what you'll get. You'll get a PDF. Is that right, Dave? The PDF? Yep. Okay. And it is, uh, like I said before at the beginning, I've had a chance to, to go through it. Um, I didn't read it cover to cover. 
Um, I, I did read a bit of it, though. Uh, it is quite extensive. There's... Uh, I, I want to say probably everything you could possibly run into uh, and tips on how to how to do it would be in this book. Is that fair to say? Like, uh, if you're into I, mi miniature wargaming and painting hordes or large amounts especially, like, yeah, all types? It, it's very much, um, it's a, it's kind of a, a project management book kind of thing. So I went through and looked at all of, tried to break down all of the different steps that you go through when you're collecting an army, all the things like inspiration and planning, um, motivation, setting goals, all of that sort of stuff. And the um, the idea is that it gives you ways around the common roadblocks that you'll uh, come up against. Um, things to, to think about if you've never put together an Excel spreadsheet and listed each of your units and checked them off, with, or changed the color of the box behind them as you, um, as you complete them. Uh, things like that. Uh, and then a, a lot of the book has got uh, a whole bunch of my armies that I've painted over the years. Um, and each of them uh, is connected back to uh, one of the, the focal points of the, uh, of the project management section. Um, actually, we'll, uh, we've gone, part, uh, gone and had a look at... Uh, that's pretty much all of it. You're scrolling through almost all of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just kind of go. Uh, I, which is cool. Which is cool. Um, so, the um, yeah, the idea is there that all of the text is based um, is, is focused on helping you overcome any roadblocks that you generally find um, with your painting when you're uh, painting armies, legions, and hordes. So there's We've got a the, section there about a uh, large projects as well. So um, I have a, a Warlord Titan that I painted about uh, five years ago, uh, four, four or five years ago. That project is in there, and I talk about the step-by-step. -step. No, I don't do a step-by-step, -step, but I talk about the process that I went through to, to complete that project. And so uh, uh, where could, actually, where could people get a copy? Because uh, you have a hard copy as well. Is that right? That's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, Folks who want to get a, uh, who are in the US uh, and want to order a hard copy, they can do that from Ironheart Artisans. Uh, they can go to ironheartartisans.com uh, and they can buy a hard copy and they can also get PDFs uh, from there. Uh, in Canada, uh, it is Crucible Crush, uh, have a hard copy uh, available. And uh, rest of the world is kind of handled by the guys at Warlord Games. Uh, so if you go to the Wall of Games web store and uh, search for Dave Taylor miniatures, uh, armies, legions, and hordes will come up. They have uh, physical copies that they can send. Uh, UK, Europe, Australia, sort of rest of the world kind of stuff. Yep. All right, so what do, what do you say we do another here, Dave? Is that cool? Sure thing. Yeah? Let's do it. Okay, so. Uh, this time would be habit. Let's go with habit. Type in the word habit? Yep. Okay. So... Again, if you've just uh, joined us on the stream or joined recently, we are doing, we're right in the middle of a giveaway right now. We are giving away Dave Taylor's book, Armies, Legions, and Hordes. I, re I remember the acronym, ALH. That's how I remember the, the order of the words there. Uh, yep. And so that, that's his book. It's 170 plus pages yep. of uh, everything he's learned. Uh, I don't want to say everything. A lot, a lot of things he's learned 
because it's probably yep. for you to put everything you learned. It's probably volumes of books, is what I would imagine. You could probably write more books. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. When, when it comes to painting large amounts of models, uh, specifically, yeah. that's what uh, yeah, this book is about. Yeah. Um, um, one of the other things that I did as well is that I, I knew it. It could get a little bit. Um, might be. Might feel a little bit samey if it was just me saying the same, like saying, uh, telling people what I'd learned. Um, so I invited uh, four or five people to um, who also paint a lot of armies to sort of jump in for each of those sections and talk about um, how they deal with either inspiration or with planning, um, goal setting, that kind of thing. So there are other voices in there as well um, from from folks that I respect in the uh, the army painting game. Cool, definitely good. Oh, habit. All right. So, by the way, it's not case sensitive, so you're all good. Uh, and also, if you put in bad habit, you, you won't be uh, included. You have to put the word habit. <laughs> oh, man. And also, hobbit does not count. Uh, habit is the word that you want to put in. Yeah. <laughs> and not rabbit. <laughs> oh, come on. Rabbit would be fantastic. Super tasty and very appropriate for hobbits. All right, uh, three, two, one. Uh, let's choose one here. Congratulations, Pablo Torres. Uh, you are the winner of the second copy here. Of, uh, Congratulations. Armies, Legions, and Horrors. You're going to get a digital copy of this. Uh, so uh, for, for the winners, just uh, a reminder, email miniwargaming at gmail.com or support at miniwargaming.com, whichever one is uh, easier for you to type. They're about the same. Uh, that's how you uh, get your copy. Um, and that's it. So, uh, very cool. Yeah. Now, things. Uh, uh, I don't know. This might be a loaded question, Dave. But, uh, yeah. What do you think, guys? Should we ask Dave to give us one more? What? <laughs> to go from two to three? Yeah. Let's give away. Sure, let's give away a third one. You want to give away a third one? Yep. It's been great. I've been enjoying the uh, the not habit answers. <laughs> okay, uh, and let's go for uh, legions. Legions, okay. Legions is the word. Legions is the word that we're looking for. That's a good, I think that's a good uh, word to leave off on. Uh, yeah. I can do that. Right, so type in the word legions if uh, you want to be entered into the draw to win, win the one. A, another copy. And three copies. My goodness. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just as a reminder, Dave, uh, where can people get this again? The hard copy or the digital? Where could they get it? Okay. So uh, in the U.S., uh, hard copy and uh, digital from uh, Ironheart Artisans. Uh, of course, buying PDFs, you can buy PDFs from anywhere in the world from the Ironheart Artisans site, uh, so which is ironheartartisans.com. Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, the, uh, in Canada, it's Crucible, uh, Crucible Crush. Okay. Um, is the uh, website you can buy a physical copy from. Uh, and in the UK, Europe, rest of the world kind of situation, Warlord Games uh, for the physical copy. So. Okay. Really cool. All right. Are we ready? 
Are you guys ready for this last one? All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Congratulations, Leander Magnus. You are the winner of the third copy. Um, I was going to say, of legions. No, that's just the word you needed to type in. <laughs> Armies, legions, and hordes. And so remember yep. to email support at miniwargaming.com or miniwargaming at gmail.com to uh, get your digital copy of this. There'll be a downloadable PDF that you can uh, have for your own personal viewing and learn how to paint your legions uh, yep. of Nagash or, or whatever. No, <laughs> no not Nagash. <laughs> Not Nagash. Not Nagash. <laughs> um, how about your Legions of Corn? Is that a good one? Sure. Yeah, I could go. Uh, I can go Legions of Corn. Yeah. Um, for this, uh, for the Slaves of Darkness army, uh, I've converted uh, my Chaos Marauders out of uh, Blood Reavers. So you'll be happy to know that that I have a slight leaning towards Corn. Uh, I. I appreciate those words very much. Uh, they are, they are words that can smooth over any sort of quarrel you might have with uh, with a friendship. There, I think. Uh, <laughs> Slut. That's good. Yeah. It's like, no, don't talk to me, Corn. Okay, yeah. What, what do you want? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, th thank you very much, Great. guys, uh, for tuning in, and thank you, Dave, for uh, joining us today in the Shrine of Chaos, and uh, for. Uh, sharing your knowledge and for being a part of the industry and being part of this hobby for for such a long time there's many people that have been affected by what you have done in the hobby and countless of people you can't even uh it, that's a cool thing to think about like the the influence that you've had and hopefully uh, they're positively affected yeah i being being modest but uh, uh yeah certainly i because here's the thing like uh me personally i i knew about you before i met you right like i heard i heard about dave taylor i heard about you and uh and so I, and i think that's the cool thing about it uh, and uh that's it so thank you guys uh stay oh, tuned next week uh for the shrine of chaos 1 p.m eastern standard time and happy wargaming